So I, I meant to uh, mention as a joy that uh, if you weren't here on Christmas Eve, it was uh, really awesome. Um, uh, I particularly loved having uh, Sharon and Brody and uh, Andy and Anna as strings and Allie and Thomas and Max uh, in our band. Uh, they did a, a fabulous job and uh, uh, so thank you uh, to, to those of you who are part of the band on, on Christmas Eve. Um, today, uh, we're going to read that same uh, familiar story that we read on Christmas Eve, but um, I'm going to read it to you from uh, the message, uh, a paraphrased version of it, because I, I found uh, that sometimes I know scriptures so well in, in the way that um, I'm accustomed to them, that it's sort of difficult sometimes to hear them anew. And so I'm going to read it to you in this different version that maybe you've heard before, maybe you haven't, and uh, maybe it'll uh, shed new light on, on something for you as you hear it in this new language. So this is from Luke 2, uh, verses 1 through 20. About that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. This was the first census when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. So Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem and Judah, David's town, for the census. As a descendant of David, he had to go there, and so he went with Mary, his fiancée, who was pregnant. And while they were there, the, first, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the hostel. There were sheep herders camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watches over their sheep. And suddenly God's angel stood among them and God's glory blazed around them and they were terrified. The angel said to them, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A savior has just been born in David's city, a savior who is Messiah and master. This is what you're to look for, a baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. At once, the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises, saying, Glory to God in the heavenly heights, peace to all men and women on earth who please him. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the sheep herders talked it over. Let's get over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. And so they left, running, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Seeing was believing, and they told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. All who heard the sheep herders were impressed. But Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear, deep within herself. And the sheep herders returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way that they'd been told. Is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, um, in these last couple of verses of uh, this story of, of Jesus' birth, uh, 
the multitude of the heavenly host have stopped their singing. They've fallen silent. The angels have delivered the message they came to give, and they've gone back to heaven. Uh, the, the glory of God is, is no longer shining for all to see, in a sense, uh, through the star. The, the shepherds have gone back to their flocks and, and their fields. And uh, in all honesty, that kind of sounds like worship, on the Sunday after Christmas Eve, um, because all the the fanfare and all the excitement that we had on Christmas Eve has kind of uh, dwindled a little bit. It's a little quieter on the Sunday after Christmas Eve. Uh, the noises and the crowds and the voices of Christmas Eve service have have all gone. And uh, I don't know about you, but I already saw people's Christmas trees out by the street in, in my neighborhood. And so for the most part, everyone else has sort of moved on with their lives. And uh, all we're left with in the last verses of Luke's story are Mary and Joseph and the child in the manger. And what's interesting to me is that they say nothing at all. Mary and Joseph, maybe you've never noticed this before, but Mary and Joseph say nothing at all in this story. And uh, maybe this is because, uh, um, maybe this is because I'm tired um, from everything that's gone on this last week with visiting family and multiple cities and having Christmas Eve service and, and all of that. But but this sort of resonates with me that Mary and Joseph say nothing at all. Because I'm thinking to myself that maybe everything that needs to be said has already been said at this point. You know, we, we read in Isaiah, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We, we read about how uh, God is bringing good news of great joy to all the people for born in, on this day in the city of David is a Savior who is the Messiah. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, maybe that's enough. Uh, maybe there's nothing more that you really can or should add to it. Nothing more that really needs to be said. Uh, it's almost as if Mary and Joseph know in that moment that in many respects, this is one of those times where to say anything at all is to say too much. Uh, maybe Mary and Joseph think to, that this is one of those times to say anything at all is to say too much. And so what do they do instead? They, they say nothing. And what we're told is that they treasure and ponder what has happened. They treasure and ponder what's happened. I, I've read before that uh, it's the tradition of the church to celebrate the actual physical birth of Jesus on Christmas Eve, and then in these 12 days of Christmas afterwards, we're to celebrate the spiritual birth of Jesus in our own lives. Let me say that again. On Christmas Eve, it's the tradition of the church to celebrate the actual birth of Jesus. But then it becomes the task on these 12 days of Christmas to celebrate and maybe even treasure and ponder what it means for Jesus to be born in our lives spiritually. 
Michael Marsh uh, says it this way. He says, Christmas asks us to move from the fact of Jesus' birth to the meaning of his birth. What does his birth mean for your life? And what do our lives look like now in light of that birth? And how does this birth change my life? And how does it change your life? And my experience is that we often move so quickly from, from Christmas Eve that we don't take the time necessary to ask ourselves these questions. And we don't take the time like Mary and Joseph did to really treasure and ponder how this story is good news to me today and right now. To really treasure and ponder what it means that this child is born for me, for you. Um, to treasure and ponder what it means that a Savior has come for me and, and for you. Now, I know right off the bat that I can't answer any of those questions for you. Um, I can't tell you what it means that Jesus is born for you. I can't tell you what it means for your life, how it changes things. But I can tell you this. I can tell you that in a couple of days, uh, or maybe tomorrow, um, or, or a week from now, all your family and friends are going to have left if they haven't already. And uh, the leftovers will all be eaten or they'll be thrown out. And the decorations will be taken down if they haven't been already. The unwrapped presents will have been played with and then put in their place on the shelves. And the bills will come in for all the things you've bought in the last month. And the kids will be back to school, and parents will be, be back to work. And just like the shepherds, we'll return to the fields and flocks of our own lives and to the daily routine of the way things were before Christmas. And I think this is why treasuring and pondering is so important for us to do right now. Because if we're not careful... In a few days, everything will look the exact same way it did before Christmas. And, uh, and the celebration of this day will kind of be like one giant exercise in insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over and over again, year after year after year, and nothing's really that different. Um, we need to treasure and ponder how Jesus changes our lives. How this Christmas changes things so that in 2020, we're a different person than we were in 2019. And so, I just want to give you a moment uh, to, to treasure and ponder what it might mean for... Um, for you this year, that this child has come for you, that a Savior has come for you, and, and what does it change about your lives? So I'm, I'm just going to give you uh, a couple of minutes to, to think about that in silence, and I'll add a few things in as you, as you do so.
and treasure and ponder this. How, how does this child change your heart or uh, your mind this year? How, how will this child change your speech or your thought in the coming weeks? How does Jesus change your relationships, your, your friendships, your, your marriage, your uh, relationship with coworkers, your uh, relationship with your children or your grandchildren, your parents? How does... Uh, the birth of a, a savior for you change your outlook on your job or your view on money or your sense of self. Treasure and ponder what this child means for your past and for your present and for your future. How does this child, how does Jesus, Emmanuel, God with, God with us, change your purpose or uh, your perspective on life? How is your faith different, your hope different, your, your love different, your life different because of Jesus? You know, it occurs to me that as Mary and Joseph uh, sat in silence, treasuring and pondering, they looked down into a manger that was brimming with new possibilities and new promise. And on this first Sunday after Christmas, we sort of look into that same manger. You know, we look into that same manger with its new possibilities and its new promises for the year ahead. You know, we've been in this sermon series called B-List Christmas. Um, and in many ways, I think what we're invited to do uh, today in the light of uh, Christ born is to make him our A-List and to relegate everything else in our lives to the B-List. If that, if that sort of makes sense. What... what what the birth of this child means for us today is it's an invitation for us to move everything in our lives to the B list so that Jesus can occupy the first place in our lives. And if we don't do that, tomorrow we'll just go back to the way, the, the same way that things were before. And next week, You'll fall into the same routines and the same habits that you had before. But I really believe that for each one of us is born this day a Savior, Jesus, God with us, 
And I believe his birth changes everything for us. And so if we aren't changed, if we aren't a different person in Christmas 2020 than we were in Christmas 2019, then we've missed the point entirely. Let's pray. Jesus, uh, when you were born and became as we are, you opened yourself to each one of us, no matter who or what we are. And now, uh, Lord, we pray that uh, we will open ourselves to you, that we'll open ourselves to you to be changed and made new so that next Christmas we won't be the same person that we are this Christmas. Next Christmas, we don't want to be the same person we are this Christmas. We pray this in the name of the, the Word made flesh, Jesus the Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.